You're going the wrong way, man. Well, what do you mean I'm going the wrong way? I'm trying to get rid of all the fluffy stuff. Well, how are you putting fluff back on your trousers then? Well, I don't know. It's, really, what, while I brush in between your legs, it's not rocket science, really you know. It's just a brush. Oh, you're a brush. Because <laughs> you drive the car. I'm already nervous you've, as it you've is. You're not doing of, this any better for yourself. You've got loads of fluff in between your legs. Oh, shut up. I get all this abuse every week, and all I do is care for you. Are you not worried that no one's going to turn up? No, because we're popular. Are we? No, well, obviously we'll find out when we get there. Fingers, eyes, nose and toes crossed like... You realise we're going to be there in 10 minutes, don't you? Oh. Are you going to butterflies, honestly? For the sake. I might need a shot. Shot, 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 shot. You're not going to get drunk, are you? No, I'm just going to get... <coughs> what? Merry. Merry. Is that not just like, well-behaved drunk? Yes. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Very much well-behaved drunk. But I don't, I've never even been in the Peacock Man, so how am I supposed to like relax? And how am I supposed to think? Why well, not? I think you've already answered that question. You're going to get you're going to get a skin full of beer, aren't you? A beer? Well, don't be daft. Where well, you from, South Shields? That's what that you drink, gin. isn't it? Tequila. Da, 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 da. Are you on the right lid? Right. Who's driving this bus? Are you sure? Well, there's a car there, so please be wary. Oh, oh. When have we ever not getting somewhere? Okay, it's on took time? a long. It's took a bit longer sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm just more aware of other things that are going on around us. True. Like that big roadworks. You were looking at that man in the, in the thing, weren't you? The man in the thing? What you want about? The man in the work, that work man, you looked at him, didn't you? You looked him up and down. You Let dirty me trollop. look up and down. <laughs> well, really, with that gear, with that gear on? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a straight 10. I don't know about you, like. You're a what? Straight 10. What's a straight 10? I'm like, on the, on the fifth scale, I'm a 10. Oh, you're, yeah? you're like a solid 6. What's the scale? 100. God, you're awful. Why do you I just, work with you? Why you do just, I work with you? You feed his lines, it's so easy. You like us? Harriet? Hi! Welcome to Speak Up Sun in the first ever live podcast. <laughs> and if you didn't already know, I'm Betty Ball. I'm Stevie B. He's a Macum. Say Macum. that again. Macum. Say that loud and proud. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> this Mac-um. is what I have to put up with. Mac-um. And she's from South Shields. South Shields, thank you. Oh, I see, I forgot about Who that. Who said boo? Who said boo? Get out. Is that the South Shields massive, is it? Yes, it is. It's pretty ball massive over it's there. It's the South Shields mafia. Yep. Oh, it's your family, isn't it? <laughs> and that is how you don't make friends, okay, love. I'm off. Yep. And welcome to the very first ever Speak Up Sun and Live. Friends, family, one and all. We are so, so like humble and proud that you're all here to help us get through this. That's the only way to say it is to get through this. And we are recording live from the Peacock in the centre of Sunderland. And it is about Sunderland. We are in Sunderland. And I don't know how many times I can say Sunderland in one sentence. I'm really proud that it's here in in the Peacock because it's an iconic building. It couldn't be, it's like bang centre of Sunderland as well. I've got a lot of history in this I have actually. It's an iconic building, not just to look at, uh, and not because it's just central as well. It's, it used to be the London Derry, uh, and everybody used to call it the Derry. Where's oh, that good pub? Oh, hey. Full of rats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was full of rats. And I also remember, it's, it's, I mean, it still is now, but when it was the London Derry, it's like a stop on the way to the, the match. It was even on match day. 
Um, and it's getting that way because, you know. So we'll getting better? We'll be in the championship soon, yeah. Um, so I'm really happy and proud, not just that it's our first podcast, but I think to have it in this building as well is uh, it's great. Thank you to Paul. Yes, thank you to Paul, wherever Who's he is. Around there. there somewhere. He's, he's, he's the one that's been serving you all drinks, probably the most important person in this building. So we have absolutely loads of guests for you tonight. We've got the fabulous Kate. And she runs the Sunland Food Bank, very, very important person who I've been working closely with this year and we've achieved some amazing things. And then we also have the head of Sunland Council, Councillor Graham Miller. Thank you, Kate. You make my life just a little bit easier. Graham, you got applause? I, well, I'm used to it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what else would I get? There's a question for later. <laughs> <laughs> And there's many more, and many more stories we'd like to hear from you. But just the fact that we're all here, and like Graham said, without Kate and everyone else that is in this room and is in Sunderland, Sunderland wouldn't be such a fantastic place to be and live, work, and play in. And I'm not from Sunderland, and this podcast itself has been teaching me amazing things about what Sunderland can do and what it achieves and it completely ruins the bad rep that it has people think it's a dump and I'm telling you now it's not and that's why I speak up Sunderland this podcast is so important so if you've got some really good stories and some positive energy to give here's the mic mm-hmm. honestly here's the can mic talk to us yeah what we'll also be doing is we're going to be launching uh, a new project in collaboration uh, with freelance journalist called James Buck who's over here it's going to be called Sunderland Stars uh, and we're going to be starting that journey tonight. We're going to be telling you more about how to get involved with that tonight. It's really exciting. We are really excited about it, but we'll tell you more about that later. We will. So we're going to get cracking and the first guest we're going to invite up is the beautiful Miss Kate Townsend. Give her a round of applause. Hi, honey. Hi. You all right? I am. Hey, you had a long day? Yeah, quite long. Yeah. So, okay, tell us a little bit more about the Sunland Food Bank. If people don't know about it, what is it? So, the Sunland Food Bank network is a network that's been operating for just over a year. We've been maybe 15, 16 months. And we started up to bring all of the independent food banks together that work across the city. So, we now work directly with 11 food banks, and then we work loosely with another four. And basically try and make it a slightly more streamlined process so it's easier for clients and for referral agencies and for anyone who wants to know anything about the food bank to have the one point of contact. That's a bit about what we do. In the past year, we have fed around 5,000 people across Sunderland and we're expecting that to probably double next year because our systems will be up and running a lot more. Our data collection will be a lot better and we have a warehouse that is operational and a warehouse manager... He's starting on Friday. Sorry. You're very, very excited very, about very that. Not at all about this. <laughs> I've been doing it on my own for a year, so we're very you excited very to, have, job, to have someone else on board. Yeah. Why do we still have food banks? Why? Um, maybe you can ask that to uh, <laughs> the council. I think it's a real shame that we need food banks. I spend half of my time trying to make the food banks run more efficiently and then the rest of my time wishing I didn't have this job um it's really weird tension to hold to think i don't want to have this job but also i need to make this job work and to make it more sustainable how many people say they want to put themselves out of a job like it's such a weird dichotomy what a nice word thanks yeah slip one slip that one in there (laughs) um but i think it's a mix of austerity of budget cuts 
universal credit. We've seen massive uh, benefits changes, you know, changes to the benefit system. And it just means that we are seeing more and more people struggling to make ends meet and um, are living on the poverty line. But on the flip side, though, Kate, every person that you see, you're going to help. Every person that walks through that door is going to leave feeling less pressured with something in a bag, with something that's going to help them. So that must be the flip side of the frustration. Mm, yeah, I think it is. it can be quite rewarding to, to do that. And some of the people that we help feel very, very blessed by what we do and leave often feeling like they want to give back. So we, we quite often see food bank clients come back as volunteers, which is amazing when we see that happen. But also we know that food isn't the answer and food is just a sticky plaster over a much bigger wound that quite often we have to, we've got to try and find the solution to that. So if someone is struggling in debt, then we need to really try and address that issue. Um, so our food banks are constantly signposting people into other agencies, professional agencies that can help where maybe a food bank volunteer can't help. So you're not from Sunderland no. and you've How opened you this <laughs> massive, massive food bank, which I've been to, which is, I can only describe as like a Costco or macro, full, aisles and aisles, full of food. It's really overwhelming, but also really heartwarming. You've not been you since know. Christmas. It's Why, uh, very, very full. Is it? Well, that's yeah. a good thing. We had 14 tonnes of food in over December. What? Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's... And you've still got it? Yeah. So oh roughly God. your tonne is about, what, a pallet? Uh, more than a pallet. Really? It's like probably a van load of food. Is that... Yeah. Do you think that's something that people's mindset now would just become more generous or is it and I'm not just saying this because of what we're doing and where we are is it a, do you think it's a Sunderland thing because I know what Sunderland people are like and I know how generous they are I know a lot of god I'm joking um oh bless you you're probably emotional aren't you hi <laughs> Sunderland people why am I joking oh have a drink Sunderland people helps. will give you if you've got a fiver they'll give you a fiver mm-hmm. oh you are crying oh my god don't sorry I'll not look they're, they're just like really passionate people and they care about the next person yeah i think we've seen that massively i mean through cash for calendars that we did with betty that was amazing to see the support that we got through that so for those of you who don't know spark fm ran a campaign throughout november to basically get an advent calendar for all of the children that we see in the food banks and we got above what we set so we, we got smashed it high absolutely five girl. smashed it we, so absolutely we smashed got it. 571 advent, Physical calendars, advent calendars and then a thousand pounds on top of that um which we spent on selection boxes and then we kept some of the money for other stuff um but that was incredible and then we do the football collections i don't know as a football supporter if you've seen that we do that um, I've heard about them, yeah. and the generosity that we see you know the fact that we are literally tons of food apart from the fact i thought i might die under a <laughs> under a pile of uh, baked beans oh wow <laughs> at one point it's incredible and and you have to kind of pinch yourself and say this is the public this is Sunderland people who are giving back to their community um, and looking out for each other and that's that's amazing you can't really put it into words when you're getting donations when you're there and you're getting donations in is it across the board in terms of the age group that come in or is it like all the people that, that bring it in we get a real mixture so we get schools collect carers so we had Sunderland care and support showed us massive support last year students older people Sunderland Park Run collect the first of every every month, so it's it's really just really broad um, people from all age groups, and that's the same people come into the food banks. We see clients of all ages. Anyone is welcome at a food bank. We really want to get rid of the stigma that says food banks are, are bad because they're for everyone, and we're all something like two pay slips away from a food bank. So 
I was about to say that. It's really interesting, that. People are ashamed to say they use a food bank, and there's nothing the matter with that. There's nothing the matter with receiving help. Do you come across this quite often? Yeah, I actually had a phone call today of someone saying, we've got a client who's too ashamed to come to the food bank and pick up. Can we take it to them? Because there's so much stigma attached to food banks. Um, I think it's got a lot better. I think it's, it's better than it was a couple of years ago. I think food banks were really seen as the scroungers, the people who use the food banks. I think the public is getting to know a lot better. There's a lot better press out there now about food banks and how they're actually really necessary um, and how a lot of people need them. I think it's also even simpler than that. I think people who accept that, that they might have to go to a food bank, it's, it's the acceptance and it's the pride, isn't it? It's like when you get law and you have to, oh, I can't do it. And you have to then do that. It's, uh, it must be like really hard. But then when, you, when they come through the door and then they're helped anywhere, it must be brilliant. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the huge feedbacks that we get from people who visit food banks, they say, is that the first thing they feel when they walk through the door is welcomed. So often people who, are, they've, they've hit crisis point, they're shunned by a lot of other services, told that you know they're stupid for getting themselves into a crisis situation. They come into a food bank and they're offered a cup of tea and a biscuit and someone to just sit down and say, How's your day going? What's going on? And that's our priority. Regardless of the bureaucracy, of the systems that we've tried to put in place for the food banks, the most important thing is that we're welcoming people and, and you know, saying, look, we're here for you. We're talking a lot, obviously, about the food banks and, and it's obviously it's getting to me a lot. Has anyone got any experience with them? Has anyone got any questions about food banks? Has anyone got any questions to Kate? Yeah, um, I used a food bank once. I was homeless. I think that anybody who is at the point where they're using a, a food bank, they're, they're going to have had bad experiences with the world and they're going to be feeling like alone, forsaken, you know, like there isn't any support out there and they've got to figure it out themselves. And my experience was from the minute I walked through the door, I felt at ease, like I, like I didn't need to feel ashamed to be asking for help and it kind of really changed my perspective. I mean, I also wanted to say something about what you were saying about Sunderland, about, you know, if you need a fiver, someone will give you a fiver, things like that. I find that as well. I think that uh, I think it's to do with the area, you know, compared to places that are a bit more maybe well off, a bit closer to the capital, that sort of thing. Times have often been very hard in places like uh, like Sunderland historically, and it's become embedded into, into our culture to sort of work together and help each other uh, sort of get on and, and, and survive in that. I've found it to be uh, a very supportive place uh, in my Million experience. Percent. Million, zillion percent. Yeah, thanks Thank for sharing. You. Stevie, I've got a question for you. How many people does the Stadium of Light hold? 40, nearly 49,000. Okay, so you try and get food and you go to all of the uh, football matches, don't you? Not all of them. How um, many do you go to? So we've done three so far. We've got three more in the calendar. So we're trying to do them one a month. So if every person who went to a Sunday match brought one tin, could you imagine how much yeah. food you'd have? That's insane. Then I would die under it. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would, yeah. Yeah, you would die. But could you imagine how much that would actually help? Yeah, that would be incredible. Or even just give a quid. But it is, it's, it's the little things that stick in your head. It's, it's figures like I think, well, if one person did that at the match, so for, you'd have 49,000 tins of bank. Or you'd have 49,000 pound. Why I? It's the same thing, isn't it? It's just, it's the sim- so can I go back to the audience again? Has anyone again? Has anyone got any experience, James? I've actually got a question. 
If people actually want to help out, do you accept volunteers? And if so, how can people get in contact to uh, volunteer their services? Stormy question. Where are you? (laughs) (laughs) So we're always on the lookout for people who are willing to donate money, food or time. And all of that can be found on our website. Um, You can get in touch on our website, which is sunderlandfoodbank.org.uk or just Google Sunderland Food Bank. Um, It's all there. So I run a warehouse. The warehouse distributes food out to 11 food banks. Um, So at that warehouse, we have teams of volunteers who come in and make it run, basically. Um, So we're always looking for volunteers there. The food bank centres look for volunteers. And then things like the collection days at the stadium, we we look for volunteers there as well. So we've got loads of different ways that people can help out if they want to. And again, cash or food is always welcome because we rely solely on the generosity of the people. Just a quick question. I've just like thought of this. That I don't need people to answer, but show of hands. From what you've just heard in 10 minutes, do you now know more about food banks? Can you put your hand up if you know more? <laughs> See, that's, I think that, just for the microphones, that's probably two-thirds of the people in it. Yeah, it is. Which I think tells you a lot about that we just, you just, it's one of these things that you, you, you don't know is there. I mean, it doesn't have a big sign outside saying it's a massive food bank, does it? It's... It's a warehouse. I've been there quite often. Breakdowns, cups of teas, cries. We've been there. Yes, I was the there with the, with the Christmas We've done that well. yes. very much so. I came in for an hour, if you remember, for the Christmas. You fed me. No, I came in for an hour to do something and I was there for, what, 10 hours, I think. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yes, thank you for that, so. by the way. You're very welcome. God loves to try, <laughs> doesn't he? So if you'd like to donate to the Sun and Food Banks, you're in Tesco. Where else? Like, like your local supermarkets. There is so some the permanent collection points. points we've got. Oh, this is going to be a test for my memory. Go on, Kate. Um, over to you, honey. Morrison Seaburn, Sainsbury Southwick. Um, Next to corner 93. (laughs) Not the Tesco over the river. That goes somewhere else. That goes to Gateshead. Don't give there. Um, (laughs) Yes, because this is Speak of Sunderland. Strike. (laughs) Um, This is not Speak of Gateshead, it's Speak of Sunderland. As the Grangetown, Morrison's Doxa Park and Sainsbury's. Silksworth. There is one at Silksworth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, both of so them. Next to the tenant, the yeah. Puma Centre. Can I just? I'm just going to shout out Terry, who is over there drinking a pint. He um, is no. the Asda community champion in Seam. Oh yes, I and met you. Hello. Terry comes into the warehouse one day a week and gives his time, and is one of our. Yeah, he's amazing. Does he give his team. time for free? No, he's paid for it. Oh well, you still get a round of applause anyway. <laughs> I was just trying to like leave him. Shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, okay, my love, you may Thank you. go back to yours. It's K-Town's everyone. Big <laughs> that was emotional. It's hard. Oh, no. Pass the drink before you go. Oh, right. There we go. Just, <laughs> you just sit there and I'll get your drink for you. You remember. I'd like to just take this opportunity as well if we can try and get um, some people up from the floor. Um, can we get... Adam, you, you made a comment when we had Kate up from the food banks. Um, would you like to come up and have a chat with us? So you, you mentioned something which I think really resonated with I think everyone in the room mm-hmm. uh, about how important food banks are. So do you want to just maybe expand a bit on that and, and how you mentioned a lot about Sunderland and uh, how important Sunderland was as well? Sunderland um, is an amazing place. Um, I'm 28 now and uh, I've just started at university, at Sunderland University. I was born in Sunderland, I spent most of my life in Sunderland, and then I moved around a little bit after my dad left. I spent some time in York and a bit of time in South Shields. 
And uh, for various reasons, I fell out of education um, after secondary school at around the time of my GCSEs. And um, I, uh, I suffered from depression, anxiety, and undiagnosed autism. Um, that was only diagnosed recently, and that really prevented me from really getting out of my out of my shell and kind of connecting with other people. And since I started university at Sunderland in September, everything has changed, and um, I'm not really sure what to make of it. It's kind of been a, a roller coaster, but I've found that it, it really is an amazing place to be, and. When you look at Sunderland University on the rankings, it's quite low. And um, part of that is because the entry requirements are very low. So it promotes people from non-traditional and disadvantaged backgrounds. A lot of the people that I've been meeting are international students who don't have very much money or people who don't have the necessary qualifications to get into a, quote, better uni what I'm finding is that there's so much to, to find to, 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 to gain from from connecting with all of the different people who seem to gather in Sunderland I didn't really have a plan when I came into it I mean I used to want to be uh, an actor when I was a kid I think it was Jim Carrey who kind of you made... actually look like Jim Carrey oh thank you <laughs> I, think that, think so? I think that's a compliment right I mean yeah. he's funny looking but kind of handsome. he's a good actor yeah well, uh, I wanted to be an actor, but I'm finding that my confidence isn't very good. And I tried to take part in a play and I backed out in the first rehearsal. But something else happened when, when I started to, to, to attend different events in Sunderland and, and at university um, with like the lovely tutors that I have, including Jay Sykes, who's probably the best of them. I've been sharing my writing a little bit and um, the reception to that has been so positive that it's been encouraging me uh, and I didn't I didn't expect it at all it's a completely different direction for me I've been getting involved with Spark Radio as well I've just started training I've done I've presented two shows uh, very nerve-wracking but everybody's so incredibly supportive and um, I've attended different events different poetry reading events in Sunderland and, and shared my writing and uh, I'm I've written something to share uh, a month from now at an event. Uh, let me just find the information for it because this is this is quite good. The uh, the well-being president at uh, the university was looking for volunteers for this uh, this event called Bringing Sunderland Together, which is uh, on Wednesday the thirteenth of February uh, at Hope Street Exchange. And it's uh, she wanted me to write something about my experience with uh, uh, loneliness and isolation and. Um, and that's generally what the event is going to be about. Would you mind if I uh, shared what I've, what I've written? Not at all. Love, I'd love oh, to hear but it. Might my love go for it? And I must stress that I really couldn't do, I couldn't have done this, I couldn't have written it, and I couldn't be reading it out now without the support that I've gotten since coming to Sunderland and coming back to Sunderland, to my hometown, and uh, coming to the university. <laughs> I was always lonely growing up, but I didn't know. There was no time to let the isolation grow. Racing forward, playing games and having fun, I didn't see the differences between me and anyone. So I talked to everyone and grew to understand how to be a human being, but not how to be a man, because my dad wasn't around, so I just made it up. I learned to learn and love and hope and build trust. 
and that was enough to get me through the bad times, and I grew tough enough to make it through the hard times. And when my mum was sad, I let her lean on me. I let my brother's bullies blow off steam on me, because I'd rather get hurt than see someone suffer. That was how I became a dad to my brother and a guide for my mother. Soon enough, the cracks started to show. I got overwhelmed like no one else and had to go all the time to hide in my own mind to get away from the pressures and unwind. But every time I fell, someone was there to make it okay. I would take the blame for every mistake that I made and they would tell me what a lovely young man I was and explain that I shouldn't feel shame for my flaws. They'd encourage me to get involved in activities, balance all that pressure with some kind of release. Writing stories, poems, acting in plays, I found many fulfilling ways to pass the days. But all that was about to change. I wish I knew what would happen to me in secondary school. I was such a fool. When I went to big school, there was no support, and I needed it because I got bullied a lot. My home life was toxic, and I mostly blamed myself, and the teachers didn't get me, thought I was someone else. I wasn't old enough to know what to do to direct myself out of the blues, so they took me over. The bottle started to fill. The cracks became gaps, then chasms, and I couldn't deal. Confronted my head a year about the bullying in year 11. She said, we've got no record of that. I said, it's not depression. She said, sorry, there's no record of any bullying, and that was that. I don't remember much else about school. It's like I lost myself completely, couldn't keep my cool. Stumbled through the rest of the days in a haze, graduated, then fell out of the world. The thing about isolation is it's so seductive. It promises that on your own you'll be more productive. You don't need to worry about anyone else. They'll only hold you back from being yourself. It took me 10 years of solitude and now I know that you can't really be yourself if you're on your own. No matter what holds you back from reaching out, sexuality, age, race, mental illness, I've figured out that there are lonely people everywhere who understand. All we need is to come together and hold each other's hands. Since I took the chance to come out of my cage, I've made friends that I hope to know for the rest of my days. These old wounds are healing and I feel supported. Thank you all for being here for this part of my story. See, now I've gone. Now's the time to cry. I need to, say, I need to say this while it's in my head. You said something earlier that you're not confident. Yeah. When you talk, mm-hmm. I listen. And I don't think of anything else. Oh. Well, thank you. Um, it just occurred to me that that is the first time I've ever shared anything that's been recorded. Wow. So, uh. That's absolutely outstanding. You've had every single person in this room with you. Thank you. And I'm probably say this now. I think you've left with like a good thirty new friends. Yeah. <laughs> but in all honesty, I, I had no idea what I was what I was wanting to do in the start of this, and um, and it seems as though I'm probably going to continue down this road of writing. And it's 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 not something that I would have been able to discover unless I I'd gotten the reception that I've gotten uh, sticking my neck out in Sunderland. It, it's really um, it's really working out. You know, I don't think it could happen quite as easily and quite as well uh, anywhere else. Well, this is why we do Speak Up Sun, isn't it, for people like you? Fabulous. Well done. Keep going, and I will be watching you very, very closely. Yeah, we, I would like Can't to wait. get you back on to, well, to do a podcast, and, and, and we'll just keep reviewing it. It would be a pleasure. Because we'd love to be part of that journey. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. Big round of applause. Thank you. I didn't expect oh. that. My eyelashes fell off. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, everybody. So um, that's the end of part one. We're going to have a break now. We're going to come back and we're going to introduce um, some more guests. So get yourself a berry. We'll have about a 15-minute break. Bar's just around the corner and uh, mine's a lager. Mm.
No, I'm joking. I don't want anything. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.